If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Good evening to all of my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 21 of Yapping Yankees, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this Sunday, November 10th, 2019. And I'll tell you something, I'm recording really late right now. It's almost 11 o'clock at night, and I'm recording Yapping Yankees. This is by far the latest I've ever recorded the show. And I, I have reasoning for it. I was at my cousin's house throughout almost the entire day. I only got home about a half an hour ago, which is maybe around like 10, 15, 10, 20. And it's almost 11 o'clock now. So we're doing a late night edition of Yapping Yankees here. I mean, what am I going to tell you? I'll get it uploaded and get it to you as soon as possible after this recording is done. But as far as the recording itself, we're doing this nice and late. And speaking of my cousins, I just want to give them all a shout out. My Zia Aurelio, my Zia Dorothy, and my cousins Christina, Emily, and Joey. Especially want to give my cousin Emily a shout out because she serves in our Navy. So Emily, you know that I always feel this way, but I do want to give you a proper shout out on the podcast. And thank you for your service. And you know I love you to death. But I just wanted to give my cousins a shout out because they deserve it. So as always, let's get things started by giving our first shout out to the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. They feature Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab on Censored, and of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms and check out their sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, you name it. They also just redid their website. Again, I mentioned this last week and I'm mentioning it again for this week's edition. They redid their website. They have new social media pages and it all looks very promising. So be sure to check out Team Left Jab, guys. So, now that Team Left Jab's shout-out is done with, we all know what's next here on Yapping Yankees. It is time to discuss this week's poll question that I have on both Twitter and Instagram each and every week, as you know. I have all of you vote on a poll, and then if you'd like, you can always reply to it. And if you reply to it with a reason for your vote, as you know, you get a shout-out on the podcast. I give your at out, and then I, I read your reply and then I basically answer it if there's a lot of time. I'll go into your reply a little bit. So here is this week's poll question. We'll start things out on Twitter tonight, and then we'll make our way over to Instagram. Of course, Twitter is the place where most of the votes and the replies come in. The good thing also about recording late tonight is that it basically gave you guys all day to basically see the poll, vote on it, and reply. Because really at times, I'm mostly recording this show in like the early, mid-evening. So it's maybe like 5, 6, maybe at latest 7 o'clock. And you know, you've had an extra maybe 3, 4 hours to reply and vote tonight. And that's made, that, I think that makes a difference. Because by the time I usually record this, you know, the polls when I've recorded in the past have had five, 600 votes after a few hours. But you know, mostly it's around two, three hundred votes, and it finishes with four to five hundred. So, right now it has three hundred, though, as we speak right now, and it'll probably it'll probably finish around four hundred by the time it's all wrapped up tomorrow. And you know, I think mostly everybody has gotten their vote in and or their reply in, depending on whether you replied or not. So it's pretty good that it was it had the opportunity all day for you to vote and reply since I'm recording very late. 
So here's this week's poll question, guys. And the poll question is, do you want the Yankees to bring D.D. Gregorius back? Because, of course, throughout the week, we did hear the latest news. The Yankees did not offer D.D. Gregorius the $17.8 million qualifying offer, therefore making him a free agent, and there's a legitimate chance that D.D. might not be a Yankee. The question is, very appropriately this week, because I feel it's a hot discussion, and it definitely was, you know, reflecting on the poll, do you want the Yankees to bring D.D. back? So here are the results. Obviously, the two obvious choices, yes and no. 57% of you voted yes, you do want the Yankees to bring D.D. Gregorius back, and 43% voted no. Now, throughout the next 12 hours or so that this poll is up, the results could change a little bit, but I think, you know, with the amount of votes that have poured in already, I think it's safe to say most people want him back on Twitter at least, in this poll out of the people that did vote. There could be another 100 or so votes that pour in, and maybe the results can change, but of the 300 of you that have voted so far, 57% are yes and 43% are no, so let's get into those replies and hear what's on your minds. I'm very curious, and we'll start off right away with at Laker477. Not an easy question, Mike. Well, that's that's why I did it. I love putting out polls that are not easy to answer because it creates more discussion and it gets more interaction, which is always fun. So again, at Laker 477 says, Not an easy question, Mike. While I understand the thinking that with Miggy coming back, there's no need to keep Didi, we have to remember that like Didi this season, Miggy is an unknown going into next season, coming off of his injury. Of course, he's speaking of Miguel Andujar. I say bring him back and see what happens. That's a good point because while a lot of people, including myself, do think maybe it could be okay if you give Miguel Landujar maybe a first baseman or maybe, you know, because we know he's going to be good with the bat. Well, we're not really sure of that. While I do agree that we can trust him, it's also definitely that doubt in the back of our minds. After the amount of time that he missed, he missed nearly the whole year with the exception of a few days in the beginning of the season. We don't know what we're going to get out of Andujar in 2020. So I do understand that point and it, and it is a good one. Up next, we have at Tegan Graham 23. As much as I love the man, we got to let him go. He's not the same defensively and certainly not the same on offense. As plenty of people have said, move Torres to short, DJ to second, but here's where I make the change. Transition Andujar to first and keep Geo at third. We love his bat, but Andujar's glove is not pretty. Then you keep the five-man rotation with Voigt mixed in with the DH, first base, and getting more days off than the other four. And I know this has nothing to do with it, but can we please trade Gary Sanchez and pick up Yasmani Grandal? <laughs> Tegan, I have to disagree with you on the Gary Sanchez part, but I'm just a Gary defender. I, I really think I really think he's a great talent. I know so many people are not happy with him after the playoffs. I get it, trust me. And you do have a right to be upset with him after the playoffs that he had. And, and even at the end of the year, he, there was sort of a lack of production at the end of the regular season as well. I, I truly, and, I, and I've said this before, I truly think that Gary Sanchez was not healthy still. I, I don't think he got over the groin that was giving him trouble at the end of the regular season. I think he was still struggling with that. So I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to reserve judgment against Gary Sanchez because I'm a believer in his. When he's on, he's on. But I know when he slumps, he slumps. He gets freezing cold. I'm aware of that. But I think you saw a lot of improvements from him this year. In a shorter sample, he hit over 30 home runs. He definitely improved defensively. And other than the playoffs, you know, we did see improvements from Gary. And I think it's going to only get better as he gets older. Because he's still young yet. So I, I, I'm just not into giving up on Gary. I'm not. I'm sorry. And I know Yasmani Grandal is something else. So trust me, I know. But I'm just not into giving up Gary. 
And as far as putting Miguel Andujar at first, I already addressed that, of course. And you obviously want to keep Gio at third because it's really hard to keep him off the field or just not give him that job after what he did in 2019. It was downright incredible. Up next, we have at KRang44. Only voted no because I think they believe they can get better value at that spot. Now, it would be fine if they bring him back, but decisions at the corners are probably going to determine what they ultimately do. And that's definitely true. You know, it, it definitely depends on what happens with Andujar and what happens with Gio and, and what happens with Void or Bird if he's to make it any sort of a comeback, which many people don't seem to think he will. And I agree with that, but anything can happen. You never know. But yes, I do agree with that. I think the corner, I think the corner positions definitely have a lot to do with that, a lot. Because then you also had DJ on backup for first base and and he was playing that for much of the end of the year into the playoffs even. But, you know, you don't even have to have him there anymore if you slide him over to second, slide Glaber over to uh, over to short his natural position if DD's not here. So again, and then maybe first base is more open for Anduhar to possibly partly learn the position. So again, I agree with that. The corner positions, I do believe, have an impact on this. Up next, we have at MEG underscore NYC. I feel so guilty for this, but no. At this point, I don't think it will benefit the team. I don't hate him. I think he can be great. He was good defensively until this year. I don't think his production warrants a contract. That's an interesting comment, Emmy. And, and again, I'm, I'm not going to really address my thoughts on this myself until after the poll discussion because I usually give my take on the big subject at hand, you know, after the polls are done because I try to make the polls very thought-provoking and really make it a major theme for the podcast at large as, as you've, you know, as you've heard on previous episodes. So I'll, I'll be giving my take on whether I want the Yankees to bring Didi back or not after the poll discussion. So just hang tight. For now, I'm just reading your replies pretty much. Up next, we have at Yankees Papa, who's who I know to be Yankees Hendo, says hell no to bringing DD back. All right, Hendo, fair enough. At DB Yankees one, I'm bringing him back on a short term deal, maybe two years, twenty four million. Think there's a team that'll commit to more. So my guess is he's gone. So I'm saying, so I guess it's half and half. You saying you'd bring him back or not? Because you're saying that you'd bring him back if it's a short deal. But if not, then don't bring him back. So I'll take that as half and half, <laughs> I, I suppose. Then we have my good friend Tina at Mountain Gal four five six. I understand that the, I understand what the Yankees want to do, but I feel so guilty voting no, and I really wanted to stay. Yes, hashtag sorry, not sorry. Fair enough, Tina. And I, I I know DD is really close to a lot of people's hearts with the spirit that he has and everything, and a lot of people really feel an attachment to him. And it's just really hard for many of you to vote for no. So I, I, I get those of you who have the reasoning like Tina does. Then we have my girlfriend up next at Vic Salimo. I voted no. I loved Didi and he and will be and will miss him. He had a good run, but the keyword here is had. I think he no longer benefits the team. He was one of the main reasons for the big defense defensive mistakes one too many times, and it cost us a lot in the end of the season and playoffs. I do definitely think that he he slipped a little bit more this year defensively. Like I, I I don't think his throws to first, for example, were nearly as good as years past, and he did take a step back defensively. But I think a lot of it was offense. I mean, whether you want to attribute it to him coming back too early from his Tommy John recovery back in early June, or if you want to just you know I don't know what you want to attribute it to. But the fact of the matter is, especially in the playoffs, I think he did a lot more to hurt this team, especially offensively. 
a lot of times jumping early in the count, maybe even on the first pitch most of the time, popping up, weak ground outs in big situations constantly. And, you know, I, I think more so it's offensively that he hurt the team, especially in the playoffs and at the end. But I, I see what you're saying. I do. Then we had at Alyssa underscore C. This is hard because I absolutely love DD, but I don't think he should get a contract. His defense is great, but his production offensively is spotty at best. He isn't consistent, and ultimately, his production doesn't deserve a contract. Very interesting. At B4 Pitch. If the Indians see DD as an acceptable replacement for Lindor, who, by the way, Lindor is definitely a hot, a hot name on the, on the market right now, in the signing market, and a lot of people seem to think the Yankees should get him. But anyway, back to at B4 Pitch's tweet. If the Yankees see DD as an acceptable replacement for Lindor, to me it shows we maybe shouldn't have gotten rid of him. So we'll, we'll see about that. But I, I, I'm, I definitely see what you're saying. I do. Because Lindor is a big name. If the Indians seem to think that Didi is a suitable replacement, you know, what does that say about their evaluation of Didi? It means that they see him in, you know, they hold him in high esteem, definitely. At Aaron Marie G, not for more than $12 million. So Aaron's definitely concerned about the money with Didi. And I see what, I, I see what you're saying because, honestly, I'm not 100% sure that the, with the way Didi played for most of this year, if he, if he deserves more than that. Because it's, you know, if, if you're crossing to the 15 million area, if you're crossing up to that, it's a lot of money. And there wasn't all that much production that deserves that kind of money, in my opinion. So I I, I, somewhat, I agree with that, Aaron. I do. At Big Thinking 25, I say no. Move Torres to short and have DJ move back to second. So another person that wants Torres back at his natural position and DJ back to his main position at second base. At Not Roger Moore, my opinions change on this every week. Yes, because people get injured and we need a lefty bat. And he's a leader in the clubhouse. I just love him as a Yankee. But if they don't, I will heal in time. That's fair enough. Then we had at official 52011 underscore 2. Yes, because of the victory post-game tweets. <laughs> fair enough. Definitely fair enough. I know a lot of people love those post-game tweets. I, for one, am one of them. I do enjoy them as well. But I did reply to his tweet and said, well, how about his actual gameplay? And he basically just said, defense is good. So fair enough. Then we had at Le North Snobby. I voted yes because they will bring him back. The options are really not great if he does not return. Fair enough. Then we had at Julian Guillarte. One, no, put money towards starting pitching. Okay. At M. Burke, 15. Yes, but that's mainly because my 90-year-old father will be devastated if they let him go. I have never seen my dad this attached to a player, and my dad watched DiMaggio. So that's, that's, you know, I want to address this really quick, this comment in particular, because, you know, it's funny, I've noticed a lot of people from the older generation, I'm not going to say names specifically, if, if who I think is listening to this is listening, he'll know I'm talking about his, his family member, but... I've seen, and, and more examples than, than just this family member of this person I'm thinking of as well, a few other people in the older generation, I have really, I've, I've heard of lots of attachments to Dee Dee. It must be his heart and fire, it, it, you know, because Dee Dee does have that little leaguer mentality, just going out there and having a great time playing a kid's game. So that's definitely very interesting. At Joey Bosco, yes, because he brings that energy and excitement to the team and clubhouse. 
He brings that lefty bat to the lineup. Didi wasn't 100% when he was playing and wasn't playing his top game, and people don't think he's good. Bring him back on a one-year, $10 million deal. I think that's a fair amount of money. I do. As I was talking about with Aaron's comment earlier about the $12 million, I, I think that's a fair deal. Then we have at Big Rickon Man. I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> Big Rickon Man, I think. Move Glaber to short, DD to second. Love DD, but we don't need him anymore. Injuries and declining numbers slash clutch. Writing is on the wall. Okay. At Derek Friend 6, he's a positive player with great charisma. His glove is fire and his bat is good too. He will continue to get better. Having someone like Sir Didi is never a bad thing. Then we had at Clef 6. Love Didi, but I want Glaber full-time at shortstop. Well, it is his natural position. Then we add at Mary Remenga, because this girl loves her some Didi. I assume she's talking about her daughter. It's a picture of her daughter with her name on the back with Didi's number 18. So that, that's adorable. That's, that's very nice, Mary. Then we add at 30 Charles ZZZ. I voted yes because he's a very good shortstop, and I do believe his struggles in the postseason should be forgotten. But I do think in the regular season, the reason why he struggled is I think he was still hurt. Anyway, his defense is great, and when he's fully healthy, he's great. And again, that, that goes back to a little bit of what I was saying earlier, whether you want to factor it on whether he came back too early from the Tommy John recovery. I mean, you could attribute that to whatever you'd like. At LT Rain. Some guys have it. Everybody knows that DD does. He is 100% worth it. At Hal underscore Bank. Yes, because Torres is a nightmare at shortstop. Bring him back on a cheap two-year deal. I'm not too sure about a nightmare. I'm pretty sure I heard that Glaber is better at second than short. I want to say that. But then again, he spent so much more of his career as a Yankee at second than shortstop. So it could be a little bit skewed. At Andy NY2. I hate to bring up intangibles, but I think it's real in Didi's case. This team seems to have wonderful chemistry, and he's a huge part of it. Plus, he gets big hits, plays solid D, and he's a guy I want to root for. That's important to me. And, 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 I, and I, do, I do understand that sentiment with a player, how you could connect with someone like that. But with the big hits, I mean, boy, in the playoffs, did he not get the big hits. He came up in more situations than I care to count. At Joey Mo 69 yes, their best infield is DJ, Torres, Didi, and Andujar. Voight and Bird should back up DJ. Didi had a bad year after missing half the season, and he didn't get an offseason to prepare to play. He's a clutch hitter as well. Then we had at Sir DD 5 This is tough. I actually ran the same poll yesterday. A lot of things to consider here. How's his health? He did return early from Tommy John surgery. Veteran leadership and morale. Hits in big spots. His biggest flaw is inconsistency, which will prevent him from a superstar contract. Then we had at B underscore heel 10. Love his energy. Hate the value. At PJ Yankee DVED. I love Didi, but the way that Hal is operating lately makes me think that Didi leaving is the only way that we have a shot at one of those two aces this offseason. By the way, I own a DD jersey. Great guy, good bounce back potential. All right, fair enough. Then we had at Barishan, 22. I want DD back, but I understand if the Yankees resign him. But if they don't resign DD, then extending DJ should be a must. I think extending DJ should be a must regardless. <laughs> I think that's the most important extension on the Yankees. <laughs> I don't think that's even arguable. I don't think that's debatable. At LK, greatly. 
he is inconsistent and injury prone. So I suppose you voted no. Then we had at Big T Marcello. No, like DD, but we can easily slide Glaber to shortstop and DJ to second. Both their natural spots. Voight, Ford, free agent at first. And put DD's money towards a top starter. So another person saying they want the money that would be given to DD going to a top starter. At Yankees 1232, great clubhouse guy. If signing him takes him out of the coal hunt, I say no. So another starting pitcher person. Then we had at the Bronx Zoo NYY. Not sure why this is considered hard at all. Money aside, he is a good fielding shortstop who hits left-handers. We are so devoid of taking full advantage of our own stadium with the conga line of right-handed bats. Guy has one partial subpar season, and he is dead to us? I don't think he's dead. I just think a lot of people think that maybe that money could go elsewhere. And as far as not sure why this is considered hard at all, well, considering how many people have considered this a tough question in the replies, I, I think you have your answer already. I think it depends on the person, really. You know, how they feel personally about a player. That's why I asked, do you want the Yankees to bring Didi back? Everyone's going to feel differently about other things, so what may not seem hard to you could be a hard choice to somebody else. You never know. So that seems to be it for Twitter. I, I know some other people like leaving replies, you know, under certain other under certain other replies or they like to quote the tweet and I'm not exactly sure you know if anybody really did that this time around I'm looking under certain replies to see if anybody really left if anybody left anything else here's one this was a reply to at Alyssa underscore C's reply to the poll this is Thomas at TB Yankees fan I think it's more of money and an infield spot than anything I'd bet money he's fine offensively next year with whatever team he's playing on. So I just found you, Thomas. You're welcome for your shout-out. I'm going to look in my in my notifications real quick to see if there are any quoted tweets. I don't think there are. And, yeah, I don't really see anything. So those are all the shout-outs that I'm seeing on my Twitter as of now. If you do quote the tweets and you listen to this podcast and you see how, how I really address all of them, I'm going to say it again, and I've said it on past episodes. Just try to reply to the tweet itself because I just scroll down and I see everyone's reply and it's an easier read. And, you know, if I have to scroll through my through my notifications after I'm done with it, it just takes up more time. So just reply to the tweet and the poll you know, just directly, just so I could really see it. But that seems to be all the replies for Twitter and the results. Again, it has over 300 votes as of now, and those are your results at this moment. So people are saying mostly on Twitter, as of those that voted, the over 300 people that have voted so far, most of them want DD back. So now let's head over to Instagram. Now, Instagram, I've explained to you, doesn't get as much of a voter turnout because Twitter, it's just, you know, it's in a tweet and it's right there and and you can vote and reply, and you can have as many choices as you want, and, you know, on Instagram, it's just in the stories I put it in, so it doesn't really get as much action. So, again, same question applies, and we still do get a good amount of votes on this, just not as much as Twitter. So, again, same question, do you want the Yankees to bring Didi Gregorius back? Now, the, re- the results are close, but it looks like it's different on here. said no, and 46% said yes. We'll get to the couple of replies that we got on here. First off, the Dark Knight 025, my good friend James Celestin from Twitter. You may know him at AnimeSoldier01. He says, I would like them to, but it's unlikely that they do. 
but my opinion, I think he gets a one-year prove-it deal. Okay, James, fair enough. And then for the last reply, we have my brother's friend at MattSchwartz.14. Didi has been one of the most clutch Yankees in the playoffs the last couple of years, even though he didn't have that great of a regular season when he came off the IL. He still did great things in the playoffs. Glaber, DJ, and Didi should still platoon, and it would work just and it would work just like this year. So, in my opinion, he still belongs in the Bronx. Now, as far as I do have to disagree with the clutch in the playoffs part, not not because I feel like going against Didi, it's it's factually true. He he really he didn't do much of anything in the playoffs when he had a lot of chances. I mean, I'm not singling him out. So many other batters in the playoffs didn't get come through on their chances. I'm not singling him out. But it's true. He wasn't that clutch this year in the playoffs. He wasn't. And it was true that he had his struggles in the regular season too. And and again, whether you want to attribute that to him coming back too early from Tommy John recovery or whatever you want, you, 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 could, you could put it whatever way that you think is true. So those are your results for the Twitter polls altogether. For the Twitter poll and the Instagram poll, those are your results. One platform thought one way and the other thought the other. Now I like that because it creates for good debate and there seems to be a lot of varying opinions all over the spectrum so obviously now the next segment that we usually always do after the polls is any Yankees news in the last week obviously the two major news pieces are the Yankees not offering the qualifying offer not extending it to Didi it was 17.8 million dollars therefore Didi became a free agent And then, of course, the other big piece of news was that the Yankees hired a new pitching coach by the name of Matt Blake, which we'll get to right after we discuss DD a little bit, and that'll be the end of the show. Because, as you know, now that it's it's the offseason, of course, Yapping Yankees episodes are significantly shorter. Because, of course, there is naturally not as, much to talk, not as much to talk about, but we are always content producers here. I try to put out content even when there's little to nothing, and you're getting an episode every Sunday, unless, you know, I say otherwise. But they're, they're coming out, and there's still news to talk about. So, first off, the obvious story that I'm going to start off with following up the polls, obviously, is the DD news. The Yankees not extending his $17.8 million qualifying offer, and therefore, Didi became a free agent, and he may not return to the Yankees. Now, here's my take on it all. Do I want the Yankees to bring Didi Gregorius back? My answer is, and this may shock some of you, I do not want them to bring him back. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying this because of the fact that he was just unclutched in the playoffs or that he had a difficult regular season. I, I just really don't think he fits here anymore in an overcrowded infield. Now, I do understand people giving the value of the fact that he's a left-handed batter in a majority right-handed lineup. I do understand that. But I truly don't think that that had anything to do with how the Yankees performed in the ALCS, in the ALCS offensively. I think every, almost every hitter failed, whether they were hitting righty or lefty. And throughout the regular season, honestly, you know, even though they had a righty-heavy lineup, the Yankees were still one of the best hitting teams with runners in scoring position and one of the best scoring teams in baseball, even though they had that righty-majority lineup. So I know a lot of people want that lefty-righty mix a bit. I understand that. But looking at the Yankees this year, even though they were right-handed heavy, look at the way their offense did. Their offense didn't have any issues hitting with runners in scoring position all season long. 
And many people forget that because of the way it all ended in the ALCS. You may forget that that was the only part of the entire year, really, that the Yankees struggled with that. I mean, they struggled in the last week of the season, you know, between against Tampa and Texas. But again, I think that was because they were mainly just concentrating on resting and concentrating on getting to the playoffs, you know, fully rested or as rested as possible. They got it all right back, hitting with runners in big spots in the series against the Twins. And then they just failed at it in the ALCS. Basically, after that DJ play at the plate, that was when it really all turned around. You really saw little to no offense in the playoffs after that happened. So, really, that and that's what made that loss so much more painful than it really already was, was that they failed in a department that they were so successful in throughout the year, and that was hitting in big spots. So the righty-lefty thing, I don't look too far into that. I do hear what you're saying, but I don't look too far into it. Because if an offense is killer, whether you're hitting righty or lefty, you're going to do well. And the Yankee offense showed that this year. I mean, even right-handed heavy, they still did great. And I know they had their left-handed guys that contributed. Didi contributed at times. Then you had Mike Ford that contributed big time. You had Mike Talkman that contributed big time at a lot of time. I, I get it. I know that they had their lefties that contributed. But, you know, the big guys like DJ, well, he's a righty. Glaber, he's a righty. Judge, he's a righty. I mean, I could go on all day. Gio Urshela, he's a righty. So there's there's a lot of them, you know, mainly right-handed heavy, yet they still got the job done with the help of the lefties too, but you get what I'm saying. So I don't look too far into that. As far as the rest of the infield, it being so crowded, I mean, Edwin Encarnacion's already not returning, so that's that problem solved. Then you still have Voight or Bird, maybe Miguel Andujar if you give him a first baseman's mitt, or maybe DJ if he backs up at first, depending on who has a day off in 2020 or however they want to play it with platooning. They have Glaber, they have DJ, they have Andujar, they have Urshela, and it's really tough to get rid of Urshela after the the 2019 year that he had. You want to at least give him another chance to see if he can repeat because he was such a big part of the offense throughout the entire year. So you have a lot of names there. And for a lot of people, Didi doesn't fit there, especially with the season that he had. I know people are saying, oh, he had one offish year, it's no reason to crucify him. I'm not crucifying him. I'm just saying, again, I do agree with the people that are saying it also depends on the money. If you, you know, I don't think that he deserved that $17.8 million qualifying offer. That's a lot of money for a season where I think he definitely underperformed in every aspect. I think he took a step back defensively. I, took, I think he took steps back offensively. And he was really tough to watch in the playoffs, minus that grand slam against the Twins. Not downplaying a grand slam. But other than that hit... He really didn't do anything. And he was tough to watch at a lot of points. I love Didi personally. I think he's he's great to have in the clubhouse, as many of you mentioned in the the poll replies. And I do think he's a lot of fun. He really cares about the Yankees. He cares about playing here. He loves and enjoys the fans. I agree with all that. And for that reason, it's tough for me to say that I don't want them to bring him back. But at the same time, with an already overcrowded infield, I think he's the one that's easiest of all of them to let go. I don't want I don't want to really let go of Voigt yet. I don't want to let go of you know, I definitely don't want to let go of Glaber. There's definitely no letting go of DJ. 
There is no letting go in my mind after the season he had in 2019. There's no letting go of Gio Rochella, especially with the glove that he has. Because even if he plays again in 2020 and takes steps back with his offense, I mean, you still have, you know, his unbelievable defense. And I'm not ready to give up on Andujar yet, even though I know he's a wild card in this whole thing. I mean, people say you don't know what you're going to get out of Didi. You don't know what you're going to get out of Andujar either. But Andujar's young, his age, his youth, in my opinion, is on his side. The, the hope that he could still improve defensively at third base. Or if you don't believe that, then put him at first. Or maybe factor him in on DH or do what you have to do. But the point I'm trying to make is, of all the people on the infield, the one that, although it's still painful for me to, to, for me to see him go, it is still painful, the one that'll be easiest at the end of the day to see go is Didi. So if I had to choose which one to let go, it's Didi. And that's why I don't want them to bring him back. I don't not want them to bring him back because only because of how he did in the playoffs or because of his regular season or because of anything else. I, or It's more of just giving him the proper price if you're going to bring him back because you still want to pay him a good amount of money but still have enough money to look elsewhere in other areas of need like starting pitching. But also, it's because of all the other names on the infield, an already overcrowded infield, which is a good problem to have, but an already overcrowded infield, he would be the easiest to let go, even though it would still be hard. And also, I do want to give Didi unbelievable credit. In the midst of all of all the stuff I'm saying, he definitely deserves your accolades and, and your respect for this. And that one thing is this. Because for some reason, a lot of people find it easy to forget this. Didi Gregorius did something that hardly anybody else, I think, could have the mental capacity of pulling off. And that was following up after Derek Jeter. That, whether Didi comes back for 2020 or not, I will never forget that. And I will always, as a Yankee fan be appreciative that he did that. He came in and endured a lot of hardship right away when he came in in 2015, the year after Jeter retired. Of course, Jeter was done after 2014. The Yankees signed D.D. Gregorius from the Arizona Diamondbacks, which is where he was before. And then he came over to the Yankees with much criticism and doubt because, of course, after Derek Jeter's done, people are only saying, is he going to be able to follow in his footsteps? Is he going to be a suitable replacement? Nobody can replace Derek Jeter. People with common sense were saying that right away. And we're aware of that fact. But Didi came to New York with such an elegant stature of class and grit. He came in and he was just Didi Gregorius. He was himself. And he did the best that he could. He flashed the leather. He showed that he had what it took with the bat. When he came over, there was doubt about him hitting left-handed pitching. He adjusted and started hitting left-handed pitching on top of course, on top of, of course, right-handed pitching. And he carried himself well with class. And he brought dignity back again to the shortstop position, to the New York Yankees, who trusted him after Derek Jeter retired to take up the mantle of shortstop. And follow in a legend's footsteps. And I feel that he has done that. And I will never forget that. Think about it. 
a lot of other people, a lot of other athletes could not even imagine taking after Derek Jeter, being the next one, being the next man up, if you will. We've heard that phrase so many times throughout 2019. Being the next man up after Derek freaking Jeter. D.D. Gregorius took on that task, and he took it on with everything he had, and I feel he did a spectacular job regardless of what happened in the 2019 ALCS against the Houston Astros. I think he did a great job with that, and to have the guts, to have the gall, and to have the skill and class that he had to take up after Derek Jeter. Me personally as a Yankee fan, I don't know how you feel about it, if you even care, I... Mike Scudero will never forget that. I never will. So, DD, regardless of where you go after this, I will always remember that and appreciate you for everything you've done for this club. If you come back, that's great. I'll be glad to see DD's face back. I will. But if he doesn't, I will never forget that, and I wish him luck wherever he goes, and I hope he does a great job. I do. But as far as, I hope my reasoning made sense. I I think it does. I do. I think of all the people that, you know, he's the one you have to say goodbye to on the infield if you have to. Especially, Especially if the money's not right. But I do not want the Yankees bringing him back for those reasons that I mentioned before. So that's my take on the whole thing. Let me know what you think about it. If you want to talk to me on Twitter, of course, you're always free to do that. That's my official take on the whole D.D. Gregorius thing. We will, of course see how that plays out as the next few weeks go on. Something could happen this week. Something could happen next week. Who knows? We'll see. As far as the only other piece of news really from this week, the other major piece of news is that, of course, the Yankees hired new pitching coach, Matt Blake. So he is the next man up for the pitching coach job. Of course, we know that the Yankees let go of Larry Rothschild. Now, we did get word that the Yankees were having... Many other interviews with big names, even such as David Cohn. I mean, even legends like that were being interviewed, and, you know, maybe there was a chance that he could even get a a shot at it. But at the end of the day, the Yankees hired someone that I don't really think anybody saw coming, the 33-year-old Matt Blake. And it was really... It was really funny how, how this all came about. And I'm going to read parts of I know all there is to know about him, of course. I just want to read this article from YanksGoYard.com, fan-sided, about Matt Blake because it really is good and it gives you a little bit a little bit of background on him. And, you know, of course, the Indians had just promoted him a couple of days before the Yankees hired him as a new pitching coach and then the Yankees hired him as... It was, it was crazy. So I'll, I'll read these these couple of paragraphs from this article again, yanksgoyard.com, at Fansided. The, 30, the 33-year-old Blake is an analytics-heavy, progressive biometrics believer that spent the previous four seasons in Cleveland as their pitching coordinator and assistant director of pitching development. And in a quick turn of events, the Indians promoted Blake to director of pitching on Tuesday, and then, just a couple of days later, where he already worked as an area scout for the Yankees from Maine to New Jersey, he was offered the Yankees pitching coach job, and it was too much to turn down, and he took it. So, a little background on him. You know, his status as a... A little background on him. He was the pitching coach for Lincoln Sudbury Regional High School outside of Boston, Massachusetts. And he really... He really was considered to be, you know, by some, like a pitching guru... 
So if this is all true, then the Yankees had a good hire. As far as how I feel about this hire, you'll never hear me judge a person before they even have a game of of showing us what you can do. You will never hear me judge anyone like that. I want to see how you do in the job first and see how it goes before I even judge. I, I, I really find it tough to judge people in general, but I mean, I'm definitely not going to do it before you even start the job. <laughs> definitely not. But as far as this, you know, I, I'm really not surprised that the Yankees went in this direction. I think if you know anything about how the Yankee organization feels about analytics in the last few years, I think if you know anything at all about that, I think you know that the Yankees were going to go with someone that's largely analytic analytics-based. I don't think this is surprising in the least. So this hire really, I, it was really expected. But it was really funny because, again, the Indians promoted him, and then a couple of days later, he took the Yankees pitching coach job. The The turn of events and, and the timing of it all was, was quite funny. <laughs> so as far as how I feel about this, I'm fine with it. I mean, I you know that last week when I expressed my views on Larry Rothschild being let go by the Yankees, I definitely felt there needed to be a change in the Yankees pitching coach area. So I'm glad they let him go in that sense, and I think they could use a fresh face there. But as far as this, I'm really, you know, I'm fine with it. I really am. And I really expected them to go with someone that was analytics-driven. Now, I, when I saw David Cohn was being interviewed, I was like, oh, that's great. You know, I'm a big David Cohn fan personally. I was like, oh, that, you know, imagine David Cohn is the Yankees pitching coach. That'd be awesome. But when this hire was made, I was like, you know, that was to be expected. They hired an analytics guy, and that was, you know, I think if you didn't see that coming, I think you're a little blind as to the way the Yankees organization has been working the last few years and what they've just been leaning towards. They've really always just leaned towards analytics in the last couple of years. I think that goes without saying. So, you know, to those of you who are upset about the Yankees not hiring David Cohn or, you know, whatever your reasoning may be, my advice to you is just give this guy a chance. I mean, many of you that were complaining about Matt Blake being hired, we're, we're happy that Rothschild was let go. So let's just give him a chance. You know, you got what you wanted. Rothschild was let go. I mean, I know there are some people out there that, you know, that weren't for Rothschild being let go. But for those that were, you got what you wanted. Now give the new guy a chance. He's a young guy who is described by some to be really ahead of his time as far as pitching knowledge, which is a good thing. So if he truly is, this is going to work out. If he's not, then time will tell. So my advice is to everybody, you know, this is how I feel about it. Give the guy a chance before you judge him to death, which I know many people in this town love to do to people right away. Just love to judge, 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 pun intended. <laughs> I, I, I do understand that that's really what people just jump to right away. But give the guy a shot. It could work for all you know. And we'll see what happens. He's very young. Got a young, he's got youth on his side. He's got a young mind. And we'll see what happens with it. So I'm fine with it. Just give the guy a chance. I preach that. Give everybody a chance. Everyone, everyone deserves deserves a chance. Everybody. But as far as the Yapping Yankees podcast, guys, for episode 21, that is all for tonight. I would like to thank you so, so much for listening. One last shout out to Team Left Jab before we wrap things up here. The Team Left Jab United Radio Network features Team Left Jab Boxing Radio, Team Left Jab Uncensored, and, of course, the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. 
Go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms and check out their sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, you name it, the list goes on. They also just redid their website. They have new social media pages and it's looking very promising. So be sure to check out Team Left Jab, guys. And also, while you're at it, be sure to follow me on all social medias as well, Mike Scudero. You could find my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. You could find me on Twitter, which is where I'm most disgustingly active, as many of you know, at Mike Scudero. And you could follow me on Instagram as well at Mike Scuds97. So once again, guys, thank you 3000 for listening. I'm thank you 3000 for listening. I'm Mike Scudero, and I'll talk to you next Sunday, November 17th, when I come at you with episode 22 of Yapping Yankees. Until then, it is almost midnight. I'm headed to bed. Have yourselves a solid week, and keep those chins up, guys. Take care.